I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. On today's episode, we are talking all about where to start with wedding planning. So if you are newly engaged, congratulations. This is sort of where do you dive in? Because it can be super overwhelming to uh, wake up and be like, oh my goodness, I'm engaged and I have to plan a wedding. How do I actually do that? Where do I start? And if you start um, on the wrong foot, you know, you go and book a florist or something right away, you're going to uh, get in some trouble down the line and probably have to do some back tracking, possibly lose some money. So it's really important that you start off on the right foot and get your wedding planning journey um, sort of on the right track from the start. So first things first, if you are newly engaged, head back to um, one of my previous episodes called Seven Things to Do. As soon as you get engaged, make sure you've got all of that sort of ticked off and then you can jump in here. And before you go out and start booking venues or hiring florists or choosing your wedding party, make sure you listen to this episode first. So where do you start with wedding planning? Step one is what I'm calling the dream phase. So this is where you just get to have a ton of fun. So watch wedding movies, search Pinterest for wedding ideas, scroll through Instagram, go and buy those wedding magazines, and just have a really good time looking at all the options out there because they're really, there's so many different ways to have a wedding, to get married, um, all over the world, different cultures, different traditions, just, you know, every kind of wedding you could think of it's, it's happened, it's out there. And it's so cool. The options that are available these days beyond just, you know, a bride in a white dress and a groom in a black tux and they go to a church and then they go to a banquet hall. There's so much more you can do to really personalize the day. And it's kind of exciting to, to take some time to go through all of the 
very beautiful wedding media that is out there and to let yourself just get inspired. And I encourage you to involve your partner in this. This is a really fun part of wedding planning. Um, it's a really fun place to start your wedding planning, just sort of dreaming big, looking at all the options. And I think it's a really cool thing to do together. Um, and, you know, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, usually it's the woman who sort of takes the lead on the wedding planning, which I'm not a huge fan of. I have an episode on why planning the wedding is not the woman's job. So yes, this is something your partner should be involved in and you can have fun with it. You can bring the magazines to brunch and, you know, laugh at the different outfits and, you know, point at things like, oh, I had no idea you could have... I don't know, palm fronds instead of a bouquet or whatever it is. And honestly, at this point, there are no wrong answers. If you see something, oh, that person has, um, I don't know, a billion white balloons uh, in the in the ceremony. That looks gorgeous. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. There's there's no wrong answers. You're not. Nothing is set in stone. You're not actually booking any of these things yet. You're just kind of getting an idea. Um, and this can be really fun, especially if you haven't talked about your wedding with your partner too much before your engagement. This is a really fun thing to sort of sit down and say, okay, like, what do we, what do we enjoy? What's our style? What's our preference? You know, when we see things like, um, I don't know, matching suits for all the groomsmen, is that something we're into? Do we even want the groomsmen to wear suits? Do we even want groomsmen? Um, you know, or whoever, wedding attendants, do you, are you feeling more of like a brunch wedding with like 20 people? Are you thinking more 300 people in a castle? Um, so many options. And this is sort of the time when you want to get inspired, see all the options out there, and then sort of come up with your big picture ideas for what you want your wedding to look like. So things like the time of year, you know, uh, what season are you wanting your wedding to be? How far out are you wanting to get married, you know, in six months, in a year, in two years, in three years? The general size, are you looking for, you know, an elopement, something more intimate, a micro wedding, a really big wedding? And then just sort of the overall ambiance or style. Is it going to be super, you know, luxurious and gold and glitzy and glam? Is it more rustic? Is it more, I don't know, underwater, <laughs> casual, formal, that sort of thing. And you don't have to, again, you're not committing to any of this. You're not booking anything. You don't have to come up with like, oh, our wedding's going to be bohemian chic or Parisian glam. It's not like that. You don't have to come up with a theme. I think I've said before, weddings don't need themes. The theme is getting married. <laughs> that's enough. That's fine. But just the overall idea of what you both want. And again, this is something that is really fun to do with your partner, especially if, you know, you're with that stereotypical guy who, who probably doesn't talk much about weddings, but you'd be surprised. He probably has some opinions and it's kind of fun to sit back and be like, oh, he's thought about this. You know, he um, has thought about his wedding and what he wants there to be and what he wants it to look like. And that's really fun. Okay, so you've had your fun. That's step one, the dream phase. Step two is getting realistic. So the two big things you really need to have in place before you move forward with wedding planning are the budget and the guest list. And this is something you definitely need to be doing with your partner. You don't want to do this all by yourself. You both need to be on the same page um, planning this wedding together, but also having you know, you need both of your input here. So get serious <laughs> after, you know, you had your fun, you watched all your wedding movies. Now it's time to get real. So sit down together and talk about your budget. How much money do you have to put towards your wedding? How much do you want to put towards your wedding? 
How much are you both personally contributing? How much do you think um, other people in your life might be contributing? You know, parents, grandparents, whoever it is. I have an episode, uh, episode 32, called How to Talk to Your Parents About Your Wedding Budget. So definitely head back there if you think your parents might be contributing some money. I lay out exactly how to talk to them about it because money is awkward and it's weird, especially as an adult to go to your parents and ask them how much they want to pay for your wedding. But it's important and you really cannot make other decisions about your wedding without having that budget number. You also can't make any other decisions without having that guest list number because let's say, you know, you figure out, okay, we have $10,000 for a wedding. Okay, if you have a wedding of 10 people, that's going to look really different than if you have a wedding of 100 people or 500 people. You know, suddenly it's a luxurious, you know, steak dinner at a really nice restaurant to, um, I don't know, cake and cake and punch or something, depending on the guest list. So it's really important to have both of those numbers. When you're doing the guest list, first sit down with your partner and talk through, you know, who you want to be there, who your must-haves are, sort of that tier one or tier A, whatever you want to call it, who you're sort of, we'd like to have them there, not the end of the world if they're not. And then your list of like, okay, you know, if we had a ton of money, sure, we'd invite these people. And again, depending on your situation, you might need to be talking about the guest list with your parents. I know there are, um, some people who believe that the parents should have a say in the guest list and sometimes parents submit their own guest list. They say, oh, here are 50 of my friends that I would like to bring to the wedding. And usually this is in situations where the parents are paying for the whole wedding. You know, they're hosting the wedding and they sort of feel like they get to bring uh, guests. They get to invite their own friends. Personally, I think this is really weird. I think it's so strange that this is a thing that parents feel they need to bring their friends to their kid's wedding to like show off like, hey, my kid did it. They found someone who can put up with them. Look at this really expensive, gorgeous, extravagant party I can afford to throw. I've done so well. My family is so rich. Like if you want to just hang out with your friends, just invite them over, like have a New Year's Eve party, host Thanksgiving, whatever. You don't need to bring your friends, especially when it's friends that the couple has, you know, has never met. It's just weird to me. Um, and it's really weird if your parents are not contributing any money and they're still trying to force people onto the guest list. But you know your own situation. You know, maybe it's a cultural thing, a traditional thing in your family. I don't know. But uh, same with the budget. Have that conversation first between you and your partner. Figure out what your numbers are, what's important to you. Um, you know, maybe you have a thing where you're saying like, hey, we only want 20 people there. So sorry, you know, mom and dad, we don't have room for 50 of your friends from the golf club or whatever. Um, so yeah, definitely have that conversation between the two of you before you move on to talking to your parents or other friends or family, you know, whoever would be involved in that sort of either contributing to the budget or wanting to contribute to the guest list. And most often people are cutting back their guest list. There's usually not a situation where you're being told like, oh, you need to add more people. Um, so for help with that, head all the way back to episode number two called How to Brutally Cut Your Wedding Guest List, and especially if you're getting married in these pandemic-y times when guest lists are getting slashed. Um, that's a super helpful episode to sort of get you in the right frame of mind for how to share that news with guests, how to actually decide which guests should attend, and, uh, and all that fun stuff with the guest list. But super, super important, the budget and the guest list. You definitely need to be getting realistic about those, having actual numbers, and that is all in step two. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Step three is choosing your top three. So, makes sense. Step three, top three. So, individually, you and your partner both write out the top three most important things for you at your wedding. So, for example, you could say, okay, the most important things to me are really, really good food, a really awesome DJ, and beautiful flowers. And maybe your partner will say, okay, the top three most important things to me are, um, you know, also really, really good food a great uh, bar, like a really well-stocked bar, good cocktails, and a beautiful outfit. So then you come together and you share your list, your top three, your partner's top three, and you might have a top six, or you might, you know, you might have some overlap. Maybe you both decided food was super important, or you might even just want to narrow them down if having, you know, six top priorities is too many. But this way, both of you feel represented. And this is also a really, really good way to help prioritize your wedding spending, because when you get into actual wedding planning, you know, looking at different vendors, seeing all the different, um, you know, weddings out there, the Facebook groups, your friends, your family. Uh, and you probably already saw this, you know, while you're going through that dream phase, looking through all the wedding media, there are so many things to spend money on <laughs> for your wedding. And it is so easy to get caught up in them. You know, if you're, I, I think I've shared this story before, but I was on a Facebook group and I'm a person, I don't believe in wedding favors. I think they're a waste of money. People usually just throw them out. They're not important. It's, you know, you don't need to have wedding favors. I think I have an episode on this if wedding favors are necessary. So head back there if you need some convincing. But I was on a Facebook group and somebody shared that they were giving their guests artisanal lollipops for wedding favors. And I was like, artisanal lollipops, if that's not the biggest, like, spend money here. If you need to waste money, go ahead and chuck it in this direction. Then, you know, I've, it was, it blew my mind pretty much. But of course I clicked on the link and like half an hour later, I was almost buying 500 artisanal lollipops in the most like wild, you know, spring mojito and candy apple and all these like super fun flavors. And they looked so cute, you know, the wrapping was adorable. They had like hundreds of flavors. You could customize them. You could get your initials on them, your date. And I was totally caught up in it. And that's, you know, that's for me, a person who does not believe in wedding favors. You know, it's not even like I was looking for, oh, what should I give as a wedding favor? I have no plans to give wedding favors. And I almost purchased, you know, 500 artisanal lollipops. So it is so easy to get caught up in wedding planning and to start thinking you need things that you don't. And oh, somebody on the wedding Facebook group asked about, um, I don't know, 
uh, decor for your gift table. Oh my God, I don't even have a gift table, let alone decor for it. Oh, now I need to go and buy it. No, no, no. This is why we write down the top three list. Because every time you sort of feel yourself getting caught up or you're starting to spend money, you go back to that list and you go, wait a minute, decor is not on our list. <laughs> Definitely not decor for the gift table or lollipops are not on the list. Favors are not on the list. Those are not things that are important to us. And therefore we don't need to spend a ton of money on them. And I'm not saying you don't need to spend any money on them. You know, um, obviously if, if you didn't have food on your list, you probably still want to feed your guests. Or if you didn't have your outfit on your top six list, you, you probably still want to wear something, probably something nice, but you don't want to spend all of your time and money on it because it's not a priority to you. So it's super, super important that you and your partner come up with those things that you really value that will make your wedding special for the two of you that are important to you to have and that you keep referencing that list during the wedding planning. You know, stick it up on your wall, <laughs> write it on the mirror, whatever you need to do just to keep yourself um, you know, on track, in line, making sure that you're honoring those priorities, especially if you're making decisions, you know, sort of independent of each other. You want to make sure that you're keeping both of your wants in mind. Okay, step four. Step four is narrow it down. So remember in step one, when I told you to sort of dream big, look at all the wedding media, you know, fall in love with palm frond bouquets or whatever it is. So now it's time to sort of take all of those great big dreams that you had from phase one and narrow them down. So now you have some realistic numbers, right? You've got your budget, you've got your guest count, and you have your top three, three to six priorities. So now you can get a little bit more realistic and you can narrow down all those big dream ideas. So you don't have to get super specific. You don't have to say like, okay, we're definitely going to have eight lilies in each centerpiece, but maybe something like, oh, hey, you know, we've figured out our budget. We've figured out our guests. We've figured out our top priorities and flowers aren't one of them. But in the dream big phase, you know, we said we wanted white flowers with greenery. So you know, that's the plan, but we're going to go with the cheapest white flowers and maybe extra greenery because we know that that's, you know, less expensive than flowers. And that way we are, you know, still honoring the vision of what we want, but we're keeping our priorities and our budget in mind. So this is something, again, I'm going to say this for all the steps. It's something you're going to want to do together. Um, I think all of your wedding planning should be done together, but especially as you are narrowing down some of those big dreams and visions, um, I think it's really important to do that as, as a team together, making those decisions. Um, again, it doesn't have to be super specific, but just sort of narrowing down, giving yourself some more, um, idea of that doesn't make sense, giving yourself a better idea of what you actually want your wedding day to look like. And you can both keep each other on track, right? Like if you start getting a little bit too into the world of canapes, your partner could sort of bring you back and say, hey, remember, this is our budget. And also canapes are not one of our priorities. Or if your partner starts going down a rabbit hole on uh, really cool DJs and you say, Hey, 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 come back. We, you know, we decided the DJ wasn't that big a deal to us. Here's our budget, you know, start looking at Spotify playlists instead. <laughs> you can keep each other um, on track in step four as you're narrowing things down. Okay. Step five is book. So actually booking things for your wedding. Ah, so first, before you actually book, take a minute to check in with yourself. Are you ready to book? Because there's there's no huge rush. You don't have to, you know, wake up the morning after your engagement and start 
calling venues and booking vendors. You definitely don't, especially if you're planning to have a longer engagement. And hopefully that's something you've already talked about or you've talked about in these in these steps so far. But if you're not planning to get married for a couple of years, you really don't need to rush to book. Um, take some time, you know, enjoy your engagement, chat with friends, see what they're thinking. If, if you're sort of, if you're feeling apprehensive about booking, if there's some hesitation or if you're feeling pressured into doing it, um, feeling like you, you need to do it right away, just really take a minute and check in with yourself because it is a lot harder to get out of contracts um, and bookings once they're made. So you really want to feel confident with that. So once you are confident, you know, you and your partner are on the same page, you have all your numbers, you have your priorities, you know what you want. The first thing you want to do is start with your venue. Your venue is going to determine the date of your wedding. So this is something I know is kind of shocking to people who are, you know, they've, they're not involved in the wedding planning world at all. They a lot of people think that uh, the couple chooses the wedding date. They'll say, oh, like, you know, August 28th, what a sweet date. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Usually it's the venue that actually picks the date um, because most couples are kind of more flexible with their date, but they have a specific venue they want. So you'll go out and you'll tour some venues, you'll find one you want, and you'll say, hey, you know, we'd love to book this. We're hoping to have a late summer wedding. And they'll say, okay, we've got, you know, August 12th or September 6th. And that's how you choose your wedding date. <laughs> if you are, you know, diehard, it has to be August 28th. That's a really special date for us. Then you'll need to be more flexible with your venue. So if the venue you love doesn't have that date available, you're going to have to go look for another venue or you might have to push your wedding out a year or two years, you know, whatever it is. So the reason we start with the venue is because it determines the date. Um, it'll be very hard to go and book anyone else if you don't know what your wedding date is. It's also likely going to be a pretty significant portion of your wedding costs, especially if it includes, you know, decor or catering or DJs or anything like that. Um, and it's important to know where you're going to get married. <laughs> so when you book, you know, your photographer, they'll say, okay, where is the wedding happening? You know, do I need to factor in travel or things like that? And you know <laughs> when it's happening or where it's happening rather and when. Um, the only other vendor you might want to start with before a venue would be a wedding planner if you are planning to hire one. I know a lot of couples choose to hire a wedding coordinator a little bit closer to the wedding date just to sort of help with the logistics. So that could be like a month of coordinator or a week of, you know, whatever it is. But if you're planning to have a wedding planner with you the entire time, you can start by uh, hiring that wedding planner and then they can help you with the venues and all of the vendors and planning from there. So once your venue is in place, then you'll want to move on to the big vendors. So these would be any vendors that are going to be a significant cost and also any vendors that can only do one wedding at a time or one wedding a day sort of thing. So for example, a photographer. Photographer is going to likely be a pretty significant cost, um, likely, you know, a couple thousand dollars, could be way more, could be way less, depending. Uh, I did a bunch of episodes on how to cut your wedding budget. So if you are looking to do things kind of on a budget, head back to that uh, series. Those are three episodes and I go through each item on a wedding planning checklist and show you exactly how you could cut costs. Um, so someone like a photographer will likely be a pretty large chunk of change. They can also um, likely only do one wedding a day, you know, if you're looking to hire them for like six or eight hours. So once a photographer has, you know, August 28th is booked, that's it. They can't do any other weddings, whereas a florist can likely do multiple weddings on August 28th. So you won't need to rush to book them as soon as you would a photographer. 
So some of the big ones would be a photographer, a videographer, a caterer, a DJ, or a band. Um, and then you can kind of work your way down from there. Some of the smaller vendors, like an officiant, um, florist, hair and makeup, you get the idea. Um, you can Google any sort of, you know, wedding vendors and you'll find everything, every list, anything you might've forgotten about, stationery, things like that. Um, there's, I will say to be careful, you know, if you Google, you know, what wedding vendors am I missing? People will come up with all sorts of vendors. Like you probably don't need a personal calligrapher. Uh, you don't need somebody doing a live painting of your wedding. If you want that, if you have the money for it, amazing, but those aren't necessary. So if you are walking through the timeline of your wedding day and there's not like a gaping hole of like, oh my goodness, where are my guests going to sit? I forgot to rent chairs or, oh, what are they going to eat? I forgot to hire a caterer. Um, if there's no gaping holes like that, you don't need to go out of your way to try to find extra vendors to hire, you know, save yourself some money, save yourself some stress. Um, you can not uh, hire extra people. <laughs> that would be great. Some tips when it comes to booking vendors. Uh, read your contracts. This is a huge one, a big learning from this time of Corona weddings. You definitely want to read your contracts and make sure that um, if anything happens, if you have to reschedule or postpone or cancel, that you are able to without losing a huge chunk of money. Um, and if you are going to lose a huge chunk of money, make sure you're okay with that. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. There's really, there's no one right way to get married. So that sort of goes back to my point of, you know, when you look up those wedding planning checklists, wedding planning timelines, vendor lists, those are usually pretty um, formulaic. There's, you know, the one little white box that you can get married inside of, but you don't have to. You can really, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to have an aisle. You don't have to have um, save the dates. You don't have to send save the dates. You don't have to have ceremony music. You don't have to have dancing if you don't want to. Um, you, really you can make your own decisions about so many parts of your wedding. So don't be afraid to sort of question some of those ideas you might see on a checklist, um, and, and do things your own way. Another tip is to keep referencing that priority list, that priority list that you and your partner made of your top three things. Keep coming back to that as you're booking to make sure that you're keeping those priorities in mind and you're not spending a ton of time or money on things that you don't care about. And lastly, just keep in mind that if you are planning a wedding for 2021 or 2022, those are likely going to be very crowded years because as you can imagine, so many 2020 couples had to postpone to either 2021 or 2022. And then we have all the couples that would regularly be getting married in that year. So we're looking at potentially, you know, three years worth of weddings in one year. So don't be surprised if a lot of venues and vendors are already booked up. So that would mean you would either need to be flexible, um, perhaps getting married on a Thursday instead of a Saturday, choosing, you know, your third choice in vendor or push your wedding out a little bit more. Lastly, <laughs> the last thing I'm going to leave you with. So those are actually, let me go through the steps again. So we're going to start with wedding planning. Step one, your dream phase, you're having fun, you're gathering ideas, you're getting inspiration. Step two, you're getting realistic. You're figuring out your budget and your guest list. Step three is your top three list. You and your partner are both writing out your top three priorities. Step four is narrow it down. All of those big dreams, you're bringing those back down now that you have your budget, your guest list, and your priorities. Step five is book 
with a lot of caveats. So just rewind this a little bit. And lastly, remember your marriage. The whole point of the wedding is your marriage. It's to celebrate the fact that you and your partner are getting married. You're going into this lasting relationship together. So don't forget to focus on that. You know, have date nights, have time with your partner where you're not just talking about the wedding. When it comes to things, you know, when you run into issues with finances during wedding planning, or if you get into any family drama, try to remember that those are lessons that are going to be with you for the rest of your marriage, right? Like don't, (laughs) don't, um, I don't know, get into a screaming match with your mother-in-law over the color of the robes you're going to wear in the getting ready photos, because that's going to be your mother-in-law for the rest of your life. And you don't want to lose a relationship over, you know, something minor, a little stress of wedding planning. And same with finances, you know, don't be glossing over things, going into debt, uh, fudging numbers, because finances are going to be a big part of your life too. So just keeping that in mind that the whole point of all of this wedding planning is your marriage and that it really doesn't matter what color your napkins are or your charger plates or your champagne flutes, whatever it is. Um, as long as you are both there and you get married, then you've done it. Congratulations. You had a successful wedding. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a reading and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.